Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Bridgewater Church Online. I'm so excited that we're together, and we're beginning a new series called Whatever. I don't know if you heard about the guy that fell in love with the opera singer. It's such a great story. He had come to the opera to hear her over and over again, and he fell in love with her voice. The only problem was, the only way that he knew her was from the third row of the balcony. But he began to send her notes, he began to try to court her, and she was willing to begin to date him. He was so taken by her that he didn't really notice that she was older than him, quite a bit in years. But he thought, it doesn't really matter. He also didn't realize that she walked with a limp. He just was so overjoyed every time he heard her sing. Well, there was a whirlwind courtship, and they got married. They began to prepare for their first night together. Exciting, right? As he watched, though, For the first time, he realized things weren't as he thought they were. She plucked out her glass eye and put it in a cup on the nightstand. She pulled off her wig. She ripped off her false eyelashes. She yanked out her dentures and removed the brace on her leg, all the time just smiling at her beloved. Then, She finally took off her glasses, revealing her hearing aid. He was stunned, and he said to her in a loud voice, For goodness sake, woman, whatever happens next, please sing, sing, sing. Have you ever used the word whatever? Whatever is an interesting word because it has so many facets to the definition. In fact, let's read it together. No matter what happens, whatever means lack of restriction, whatever you say, and whatever means whatever will be, will be. Now, The word whatever can be used in many different ways. In fact, I'm guessing you probably looked at somebody before and said, whatever, whatever, whatever. The Apostle Paul used it in a very positive way. In Philippians chapter 4, 8, he uses the word whatever five times. He writes, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul's teaching the Philippians a simple but powerful insight. 
He tells his readers, as followers of Christ, whatever it takes to stand firm in your faith, think about such things. Here's the problem. Our faith, our belief in God, is being constantly bombarded by a cancel culture, by the woke movement, by people that are trying to deconstruct our spiritual faith in a way that isn't just a deconstruction of understanding what we believe, but actually a destruction of our faith in God. I'm still a big believer and a firm believer that we need a deep faith in God. We can't just say whatever. Whatever you believe is fine. Whatever anyone wants to say is okay. That's not getting us anywhere, and it's not true. That's why Paul is closing the letter to the Philippians. He says, stand firm. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, and here it is. Here, here it is in such a very specific way. He says, think about such things. There can be no question that what we dwell on in our minds becomes what we are in our lives. Whatever you and I dwell on in our thoughts, it will result in the actions in our lifestyle. That's why this series is so important to me. In this series, what we're going to do, we're going to take Paul's words from Philippians 4.8 and look at them as pairs. We're going to pair them together. And we're going to begin to understand what it means to see the word whatever in a way that transforms our lives in the presence of God. The first pairing is this, true and noble. Those are the first two words. To be true means to be reliable. To be noble means to possess a character of integrity and respect. Man, I was digging into these words. I was thinking about them. I wrestled with the words. And then all of a sudden I realized there's one word that captures the definition of what it means to be true and noble. It's the word real. Whatever is real. Our problem today, we are constantly fighting between what is real and what is fake. Think about it. Fake news, fake videos, fake reality TV, fake photos, and my favorite, fake cream for your coffee. Man, I'd rather have half and half. Give me the real thing, even with a few more calories, right? To, to, to distinguish between whatever is fake and whatever is real, whatever we want to think and whatever is pleasing to God, I want to ask for the help of the Apostle Peter. I like Peter. I think Peter helps us flesh out what Paul wrote to the Philippians. And the reason that I like Peter is because I can relate to him. This is a guy who wasn't perfect. He struggled in making decisions in his life. But I want to encourage you today, please hear me. We can't just throw up our hands and say whatever. We can't just say whatever anybody wants to believe or think is fine. We need to know what we believe and we need to know what is true. 
Peter actually had to go through that journey in his own life. And I want to focus in especially on the night that Jesus would be arrested and go to the cross for our sins. Let's begin in Luke 22, verses 31 through 34. Jesus said this to Peter. Now, don't forget, Peter's name was also Simon. Simon, Simon, Satan is asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. There's three decisions that we need to make to be able to choose between what is fake and real, and here is the first. Always listen to the real words of Jesus. Always listen to the real words of Jesus. Did you notice something right, right away? Did you notice this? Jesus does two things. First, he calls Peter Simon. He goes back to the old man. Don't forget, Peter was renamed by Jesus. But Jesus, that night, pulls out the old name and he says it twice for emphasis. He wants Peter's attention. He's looking at him saying, Simon, you can be a little cocky. Can anybody relate? In fact, I've known people that are very polite, but still arrogant. What about you? Think about how many impenetrable fortresses in history have been captured by attackers who found a subtle way into the castle. Satan is a subtle invader. He'll bombard anyone who is too sure of herself. Satan will assault any man who thinks that he can't become the victim. And most often, Satan attacks us through our minds. Chrissy Kirkman gives a great insight. Satan loves conflict. He'll put thoughts, ideas, and suggestions in your head and twist words to cause chaos. Let him know you're on to him. You don't have to take it. That's exactly what Jesus was saying to Peter. He was giving him the heads up. He said, Peter, all of you disciples, Satan wants to sift you. Specifically, Jesus says, Simon, Peter, I prayed for you that when you're sifted, you'll come back and strengthen your brothers. What was Peter's response? Well, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty simple. He looks at Jesus and says, not me. I'll go to prison with you. I'll die for you. Do you know how I translate that? Peter looked at Jesus and said, whatever, whatever, whatever you think, fine. In fact, have you ever been in a conversation with somebody before and you were just tired of talking to them? And so you, you wanted the last word and you said, well, whatever, whatever. And, and you were arrogant and cocky and you just were done with the conversation. That's how I picture Peter as he talked to Jesus. 
Which brings us to our first decision. Always listen to the real words of Jesus Christ. Always lean in to what Jesus is saying and grab this one, especially if you don't like it. Especially if you have a whatever mentality in the moment, you better lean in. You see, Peter ultimately would deny Jesus. It was true. Before the rooster would crow, Peter would deny Christ three times. If we're going to think in a way that pleases God and transforms our lives, if we're going to think what is true and noble, we must always listen to the real words of Jesus. Don't just blow off the truth, especially when God is using a friend to speak to you, when you know what God is saying is accurate, or even if you're blown away. I think Peter was just blown away by what Jesus said, and instead of just throwing up his hands and saying, I'll die for you, I'll go to prison for you, whatever, Jesus, he should have leaned in and said, Jesus, pray for me even more. But how many times are we too full of ourselves? Oh, listen, more than ever, we need to make the decision to always listen to the real words of Jesus. And now we're ready for a second choice. It's found in Matthew 26, verses 31 through 35, and believe it or not, it's the same setting. I thought it would be good to go capture the words of Matthew on this same night at this same moment. Then Jesus told him, this very night, you with all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Here's the second choice. Always follow the real leader. Wow, this is important, isn't it? Have you ever thought about this passage in this way? You might even be thinking, Pastor, what's so different about the two passages? It's in verse 35. Not only does Peter say, I won't ever deny you, but verse 35, when Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you, notice what comes next. And all the other disciples said the same. They weren't following Jesus as the leader in the moment. They were following Peter. In fact, I put it this way. All in favor say whatever. Let's take a vote on it. All, all in favor say Whatever. Peter's protest to Jesus combines a rarely used Greek subjunctive word showing that Peter didn't really think that Jesus was going to die. If you unpack the grammar of the Greek word, Peter's really saying, Jesus, whatever. Aren't you being too dramatic? You're not really going to die? What's this whole thing that you're talking about, your body and the blood and, 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 and being sifted by Satan? Come on. Come on. 
and everybody else, everybody else gave credibility to Peter's thought. And they said, whatever. Wasn't there a free thinker in the group? Jesus had just told everybody that Peter would deny him. Wasn't anyone willing to be real and stand firm in their faith with honesty, integrity, truth, nobility, and respect? And why, why, didn't, why didn't Thomas look over at James and go, mm, I doubt this is going to work out well. Maybe we should just back up a little bit. Let Peter do his own thing. No, no, no. Sometimes Peter really gets the shaft in this story because it wasn't just Peter that denied Jesus. It was everybody. Our second point is very, very clear. Always follow the real leader. Always follow the real leader. To live out whatever is real in our lives, we must choose to think clearly about what is right in our relationship with God regardless of what other people say or do. Please hear me on this. Stand up for your faith. Stand up for what you believe in with family and friends. Stop being intimidated by all of the cancel culture, the woke, the people that don't know what they believe, the people that don't know what they think, and you're so concerned about everybody's feelings. Do you realize that a lot of people aren't concerned about how you feel and what you think? I don't want you to follow other people. I want you to follow the real leader, and the real leader is Jesus Christ. He's got the best proven track record. It reminds me of when Matt was getting ready to go to kindergarten. It was just a couple of days before my son Matt was uh, preparing for his first time at school. He was in the neighborhood with some friends, some other boys. And one of the boys, one of his close friends, had just had a, a tree house built. So they all climbed up in the tree house. And it was, man, it was several feet off of the ground. Freestanding, not in a tree, but just a beautiful thing. And so they're all talking, and, and his one friend had a great idea. He said, we're all going to jump out of the treehouse. And everybody's like, yeah, 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 let's do it. And so then he was smart enough to say, Matt, you go first. Matt did, and broke his arm. You see, I think that's what's happening throughout all of our culture today. I think a lot of people are following fake leaders I think a lot of folks are following people that don't know what is real because they don't understand what their own faith is about. Why are you going to follow people like that? Listen, regardless of whether it's your spouse, your children, it's teachers, do you know what you believe that is true by faith because there is a God, there is truth, and we need to follow the real leader? I like to read Pastor Greg Kershell, who said, people would rather follow a leader who is always real than one who is always right. We must listen to the real words of Jesus. Then we must always follow the real leader, and that leader is Jesus. But there's a third decision. And it's found in John 21, 15 through 17. A lot of scholars and pastors refer to this as the reinstatement of Peter in his commission as a disciple of Jesus. Let's join Jesus and Peter on a walk along the seashore. When they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? 
Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you, Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Here's our third decision. Always be real in the presence of God. Always be real in the presence of God. Isn't it cool? We just celebrated Easter last week. And Jesus is still resurrected. Isn't that awesome? It's not just a historical idea. It's a true happening. And Jesus is alive. And it's the resurrected Jesus that says to Peter, let's go for a walk. Now, I don't think Peter probably was excited about that, right? Have you ever had somebody say to you, let's talk? <laughs> can, we, can we not do that? Oh, and Peter and Jesus are walking, and maybe you've even thought about this. We know that in Scripture it says that Peter had already seen Jesus. So this isn't the first time he saw Jesus after the resurrection, but this was the moment of reinstatement. This is when things had to get, what word do you think I'm going to use? Real. Okay. So Jesus says to Peter, he says, hey, do you love me? Peter says, I love you. Jesus says, go feed my sheep. And then he asked him a second time, do you love me? Peter said, yes, I, I love you. Go, go feed my lambs. He's preparing him for ministry. He's preparing him to share the good news of the resurrection. And then, and then he says the third time, do, do you love me? And Peter's like, Jesus, you know I love you. It's almost as if Jesus is being insensitive. It's almost as if He's being too hard on Peter. But don't forget, how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three. How many times did Jesus ask Simon if he loved him? Because do you remember the last time they had this, this conversation of authenticity? Uh, Peter's like, whatever. Whatever. Whatever, Jesus. I don't really think you're going to die. And, and listen, all my friends are saying they agree with me. Whatever. We voted on it. Jesus needs to make sure that Peter understands something. And we need to understand this too. Here's the third decision. We must always be real in the presence of God. And, and here's why. We've got to, we've got to be willing to, to drag all of our sins and failures into the presence of God. We can't just simply say to God we're sorry. We've got to get honest about it. In fact, maybe you've got a bad habit with your friends and your family where instead of being real with them, you just want to say, well, I'm sorry. That's kind of like saying, well, whatever. I'm sorry. I apologize. But you don't want to have to really talk about it or are you ready for this? Own it. 
we got to own our own junk, and we got to own our own sin. And that's a lifestyle that we need to develop. Why? Because it keeps us real with ourselves, and it keeps us real in the presence of God. There's another reason, too. A writer, Stormy O. Martin, said this, Forgiveness doesn't make the other person right. It makes you free. Jesus knew he was right. He wasn't trying to get a one-up on Peter like I said, hey, hey, I told you so. No, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus wasn't trying to rake him over the coals. Jesus wanted Peter to be real. Jesus knew he was going to ascend into heaven. He needed Peter to lead. He needed Peter to be a leader that people would follow. And to do that, he had to be real in the presence of God. We must be willing to allow Jesus to confront our sins and failures. Peter not only needed forgiveness, he needed to repent. He needed to get all this drug out into the light. Because when we don't drag it into the light, the enemy that sifts us, if it's not out there and we haven't confessed it and we haven't shared it with someone in humility and true authenticity, if we haven't been real with God, Satan goes back and plays in that playground. You've got to confess it. And please, please hear me, do it right away. Don't hang on to it. Don't let it fester. That's what I love, love, love about this story. It's just right after the resurrection. It hasn't been that long. And Jesus says to Peter, we need to go on a walk. We need to work this out. Because you can't define your life by your past failures. There's no energy in the past. There's no hope from past uh, uh, sins and mistakes. The power is in the presence of God. Be real. Don't just say, well, whatever. It'll all work out, whatever. To always be real in the presence of God can be difficult. But don't overlook where we started our journey. Peter's whatever, because he was honest with God, became forever. Forever he would be forgiven. Forever he would be set free. In fact, it takes us all the way back to what Paul said. Whatever is true and noble, whatever is real, think on these things. God doesn't, God doesn't want us to live powerless lives. Jesus wants to transform our lives but it doesn't happen overnight. To be real in the presence of God is not something that happens all at once. And the real question, did you get that? The real question that we need to answer is, what's our attitude like? Are we being real with God? Are we being real with ourselves? Are we giving in to a cancel culture and woke mentality? Are we letting everybody else determine what we believe? Are we just listening to other people because, are you ready for this? Do you want everybody just to be happy? Doesn't work that way. 
Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, to God, except through him. But to be real takes time. Can I read a story to you? This comes from a book called The Velveteen Rabbit. The skin horse had lived long in the nursery, longer than any of the others. He was so old that his brown coat was bald in patches and showed the seams underneath. And most of the hairs in his tail had been pulled out to string bead necklaces. He was wise, for he had seen a long succession of mechanical toys arrive to boast, swagger, and break. Their mainsprings would pass away, and he knew that they were only toys and would never turn into anything else. For nursery magic is very strange and wonderful. Only those playthings that are old and wise and experienced, like the skin horse, understand all about life. What is real, asked the rabbit one day, when they were lying side by side near the nursery fender, before Nana came in to tidy the room. Does it mean having things that buzz inside you and a stick-out handle? Real is how you are made, said the skin horse. It's a thing that happens to you when a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to play with, but really loves you. Then you become real. Does it hurt, asked the rabbit? Sometimes, said the skin horse, for he was always truthful. When you're real, you don't mind being hurt. Does it happen all at once like being wound up, asked Rabbit? The skin horse said it doesn't happen all at once. You become. It takes a long time. That's why it doesn't happen often to people who break easily or those that have sharp edges or who have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you're real, most of your hair has been loved off and your eyes drop out and you get loose in the joints and very, very shabby. But these things don't matter at all because once you're real, you can't be ugly except to people who don't understand. Can I change the ending just a little? God doesn't expect you to be perfect but he wants to give you the power to be real. Yeah, by that time, your hair might be gone and your joints might be a little loose and arthritis has set in. But can I say this to you? Taking the journey of finding out how to be real in the presence of God is worth it. We need to change our whatevers to whatever is true and whatever is noble. You see, when Paul wrote that word, he's, he was saying, choose whatever is greater. And the greatest thing is the love of God living in us. Are you ready to get real? If so, let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. The honesty in his relationship with Peter gives us all hope but father some of my friends are struggling with what it means to be real they've spent way too much time trying to make other people happy or 
They've spent too much time trying to be right instead of to be humble. Father, we can all fall into that trap. Satan tries to sift us. He's, he's trying to sift all of us. But God, we, we want to come into your presence and choose what is greater. Help us to be real, to live lives of nobility and truth. Jesus, right now we confess all of the sins that are blocking the power that comes from you. And Father, help us to choose to be real in your presence. Take our whatevers and turn them into forevers so that we might give you praise and we might be free. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I love you so much. Hey, listen, online family, if you have questions about what it means to be real, will you ask our, our pastor or the person that's overseeing the message today, just put it in the online chat. If you need to talk to a pastor directly one-on-one, -on -one, just message us, call us, and uh, give us your number. We'll be glad to connect. Because here's the thing, I know that people struggle today to believe in truth. That's okay. I want you to go on the journey to find truth. But in the end, I want you to realize that that truth is found in Jesus Christ. We want to help you walk the path of real. So if you need our help, we're here. Just reach out. And we love you, and we're praying for you. And until I see you again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.